everybody to horror movie talk and uh me and my co-host david day my name is bryce hansen i am a doctor bryce hansen whatever you know who we are we're experts fuck it uh <laughs> this uh episode is a very special episode voted on by our patrons um dog soldiers from 2002 uh, I had never heard of this movie, but I'm really looking forward to talking about it. And uh, if you're new to the show, please visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. And you'll find links to all the things, including the link to our Patreon, where you can uh, also have the opportunity to suggest movies and vote one one movie a month. And uh, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call us at 682-253-4468. We release new episodes every Wednesday on all your podcast platforms and YouTube. Um, we start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to 10. Um, you know what that means? One's the best. No, it's opposite of what you think. Ten's the best and one is bad. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be listening to you, our callers on Horror Movie Horrors, where we listen to our voicemails. And they're packing up, they pack up really quick, those voicemails. Holy cow. Yeah, I'm starting to think that maybe the move might be to occasionally just do what we did, maybe once a month have a have that bonus episode because um it helps us out in a couple ways, and also uh, it may allow us to get some some different bits on the show, which some a lot of people seem to be clamoring for. But nevertheless, thank you, thank you for calling. See, the thing is, it's so easy to do horror movie horrors, and I don't have to come up with a bit. No, I know. I definitely understand. It's, it's the 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 concept is not lost on me. 
<laughs> so uh anyways man i really gave myself a charlie horse when i was attacking being attacked by that werewolf uh it looked strenuous it looked physically dangerous I'll, and I'll like you know a job uh one of the risks of being a podcaster yeah it's true um okay so let's get into it again this one was one of our patreon selections they voted or they suggested a list of movies and then eventually voted on that list and that's why we watched dog soldiers and it was a howling good time (laughs) okay here's the trailer Um, yeah, so Dog Soldiers can be found available for rent um, on all your favorite platforms or honestly on YouTube pirated if you can do it in a hurry. I actually like was looking for where to watch it and YouTube was the cheapest place to rent and I opened it. And was about to click on the rent or buy button. And right below in the suggested videos was the full movie. Just someone had uploaded. It's pretty great. Very so. nice. Classy, classy move of you, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> why give money to independent horror uh, is what I say. Uh, so in the highlands of Scotland, a group of soldiers are deployed in a training mission. Before long, they stumble across the scene of another squad that's uh been ripped apart by an unseen monster the lone survivor davo seaworth is close-lipped about what they were attacked by and why they were there since they were using live rounds and not a part of the training mission soon howling and fast-moving creatures start picking them off until they run into a zoologist named megan who knows exactly what is hunting them werewolves are you shocked? <laughs> this is honestly the first time I've even heard of Dog Soldiers. It doesn't seem surprising given that it never had a wide release outside of the Sci-Fi Channel. It was Sci-Fi Channel before they changed the name to Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. In case you're following. Um, this is a very simple movie with a relatively low budget. I think IMDb says it's around $2 million, which... It's pretty modest uh, for for a movie. However, it squeezes every cent out of the budget and delivers a fun and entertaining monster movie. They opted to go com- 
completely practical with the effects, which limits a lot of what they can do with the werewolves, especially the, the transition scenes. But it was the right choice given where CG was at the time. Uh, there are some shots early on of the werewolves that are pretty laughable in that they look like peach fuzz from creep. Uh, but for the most part, they limit the appearance of the werewolves in ways that hide how goofy they look full on. Regardless of the special effects, the plot characters and dialogue in the movie are what make it worth watching. In my opinion, the relationships seem real. The dialogue is fun and the actors really pull off great performances. This is a passion project of writer director, Neil Marshall, who is obviously having a fun time <clears throat> and puts a lot of references and callbacks to his, his favorite movies throughout. While it might not be a quote unquote great movie, this is a fun and infectious uh, film and it's a compelling setup with some satisfying twists at the end. I give it a score of eight out of 10. That is so impressive to me. I'm so impressed. Um, first of all, I've known about this movie for a long time. Uh, I've mentioned it to you a couple of times and you're always like, I don't know. When, when we were talking about this beforehand, you offhandedly said, we got to watch small soldiers. And I said, no, it's dog soldiers. And you were like, yeah, same difference. And, uh, just showing total disdain. Um, and, um, I mean, it's held in high regard. It is a small budget cult classic. Um, and a lot of people like it, I think probably because it's one of the more well done uh, werewolf movies. Uh, there just aren't a lot of great werewolf movies out there or just generally speaking werewolf movies. And if you can find them, they're pretty, you know, it can get rough. I should say we are on video. If you head over to our YouTube, uh, you can see our faces. You can see that I'm wearing a one of these nice new team bat shirts. Um, that features, you know, um, a fella killing another fella with a bat. Um, and then there's also the team spear shirts and it, that watching this movie did make me think, well, in our scenario, team bat versus team spear, um, that scenario is set up around zombies. Which would you rather have to fight off the uh, hordes of zombies? And I say bat and you say spear. However, um, it did get me thinking if in the event of, an attack like this, when in, that's present in Dog Soldiers, I think I would prefer a spear. Um, you got you got f many fewer targets. You know, there's only a couple of werewolves, um, so you really don't need the 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 quickness of the bat. And uh, they're long, they're lanky. You know, they got long arms. You really do want to keep them in the distance. Um. Anywho, uh, these these Team Bat versus Team Spear shirts are pretty cool. I like them. Anyway, uh, this movie, though, did not do it for me. Uh, it is an interesting low-budget movie in that it's not your typical American low-budget movie, which is just you really do know what to expect there. Um, instead, this is, a, this is um, a Scottish, you know, all Scottish actors, and or at least, you know, um, the UK over there. And, uh, and so it does have a different feel than, uh, than what I'm normally accustomed to when it comes to low budget horror, but it's not, it doesn't feel a whole lot like a horror movie. Um, I, although it obviously is horror adjacent, it just has such actiony vibes 
and so much gun shooting and uh, so much, you know, machismo and stuff. It just doesn't uh, didn't scratch any itch for me. I was just sitting there, just just waiting for it to be done. It was, it was um, the yeah the and then and then also the way it, the way it's edited is dizzying to me like because they have some the these costumes have some good bones but upon close scrutiny they fall apart they have to have these jump cuts where you see just a silhouette or just a just a flash of the of the the werewolf um they it results in all these quick cuts boom 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 boom, boom. and uh and it's dizzying and i hate that um and so I don't know. I didn't really care. Uh, this whole movie, I was just like, "Oh man, can we? Can I be just be done with this?" This felt so. I'm so. I'm so happy that you had a good time with it, um, and I feel bad that I wasn't able to uh, also have a good time with it. But this really sits at around a a four for me. This is just. It was just so boring. I just See, could it's, not. It's hard for me to come up with a score because. <laughs> A lot of it's like this is one of those movies where I'm watching out of obligation. And mm-hmm. so like there's a certain amount of like, all right, let's get through it. And I don't know where the like the obligatory book report mm-hmm. part of my brain is like I'm reading this because it's assigned to me and how that increases the enjoyment versus how much it's actually the movie itself. And so I, I think I give it a couple more points just because I'm doubting myself how much I would enjoy this movie if, but I do respect like the amount of care and like the amount of like uh, character development and and the script in it for like a fairly disposable movie. And I I like the plot or the, or the setup of having it like a group of soldiers Um, like it, it's a, it's a really good concept and I think they, they pull it off um, given the limitations, but uh, yeah, it might be a little high. I might, I might bump it down to like a, like a seven, like a low seven. Um, But yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a, a trudging through it. Like I'm trying to think of a, a recent movie where it was just a slog. Oh. Like the orphan first kill. Oh, pretty rough. Yeah, it was a little bit more entertaining than orphan first kill for me. Um, but not much more. Just the premise. I mean, the premise is just. I do. I just don't care. I just did not care. And and um, you know. That you know, it is a t- typical horror small budget movie in that it's a single location, really, once it starts getting into it. And it just felt, I don't know, it felt like something 13 year old me would be pretty jacked about, you know? Like, oh, look at, I know that gun from a video game, you know, I'd care about that. And then now I'm just like, I don't care. You know, it's like, remember when you'd play like 007 and then you'd see like the P90 or something like that. And you'd be like, Oh, I know what that gun is. It felt like that kind of movie to me, which now in my almost forties, I'm like, 
I don't care. I just don't. I don't care about any of that baloney. Like I've seen it a million times. I all the all the I don't know. It's it's weird. This is one of these movies that I I wish I could like because I know I would be a happier person. Right. I it would be indicative of me being able to enjoy life more, but I don't. <laughs> well, something we can both agree on is nightchannels.com. Nightchannels.com is your source for occult and horror and alternative apparel. Check out nightchannels.com and browse through their selection of unique and and uh limited edition designs for their shirts and hoodies. Um, if you use code HMT at checkout, you get 13% off your order. And that's off of their already very reasonable prices. Um, and really, all we got to tell you to do is go and browse. We're not going to do a hard sell. Honestly, all you got to do is take the Night Channels Challenge, which is go to nightchannels.com, browse around, and I defy you to find something that you don't want to put on your body. And uh, when you finally break down and admit that you have to fill your cart with these delightsome uh, things, use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off. I'm surfing over at nightchannels.com on some of their new uh, designs. And uh, there's a few that I'm just not going to be able to live without. We got... Uh, there's a dolphin, there's a UFO, uh, with dolphins. And of course, all of these are available on their premium Bella, um, canvas shirts. So you get that nice, super soft stuff. There's also a Mr. Bungle disco volant, uh, t-shirt, Peter Gabriel t-shirt. Um, there's a John Waters desperate living t-shirt. Um, they've got a Mothman lives t-shirt, which is pretty kick-ass. There's a lot of drug references as well. If you're into acid, if you're into ketamine, you can have a, a shirt that uh, that tells people about that. So, so it's uh, you know we're not we're really not joking when we say they got the best uh, the best prints because you're just not going to be able to find this shit anywhere else. It's awesome. So check them out. Yeah, and again, please use the code HMT at checkout so they know that we sent you. Um, and uh yeah another plug we'd like to make that we've mentioned a couple times already is our patreon if you're listening to these commercials another benefit of patreon at a certain level is you don't have to listen to commercials and you get to listen to episodes as soon as they're edited um, which can be up to two or three days in advance so uh if you love us let us know join our patreon uh, also, David is is uh, repping the Team Bat shirt. My Team Spear shirt is in the mail, hopefully. And I've got our logo tee, both of which you can find on horrormovietalk.com slash shop and uh, get there. And especially the Team Bat and Spear shirts, we're doing that through a print-to-order company. So that should be available worldwide. So if you've been holding off on ordering a t-shirt because you live in the UK or in any of the penis looking, uh, countries, um, have no fear. We, we got you covered. Available wherever shirts are worn. 
Right. Whenever we do our own printing and like shipping, which David has been uh, handling for a very long time and is probably kind of tired of it at this point, um, we have to charge exorbitant fees to send internationally. So that turns a lot of people off from ordering, but not not in this case, if you want a Team Bat or Team Spear shirt. Uh, also, um, if you notice the design on Team Bat, show them the design again, David. Lift up your tits. There you go. That was designed by our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard and helps us out a lot. He takes commission commissions for artwork from HMT fans. If you contact him on Instagram at dgoebel00, that's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagrams, on the Instagrams, all of them. Uh, reach out to him and uh, make your artistic dreams come true. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. I'm going to hijack, as I do, the beginning part of spoilers to thank our most recent patrons um, who are as follows. Caleb, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Matt B, coming on back. We appreciate you, buddy. Haley S. And, of course, Corey G, which is who is coming in with a tremendous donation and getting a lot of value for it. And uh, thank you all for joining up. Um, we weren't able to thank people last week because we had a pre-recorded episode of Critters. So um, just thank you from the bottom of our cold hearts for supporting the show. That means a lot. And it goes to, uh, it goes to a lot of um, benefits uh, for both you and us. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We love all our patrons. Actually, another one of our fans, I just want to thank, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but this was from from Anna in uh, Finland. So we got use out of her peach fuzz mask that she sent us. Um, I should, should I wear this for the rest of the episode? Of course not. Or maybe I can wear it as a hat. <laughs> I like it. That's good. More reason to head on over to our YouTube channel. Yeah, there we go. I'm so yeah. interested. So you had you had a pretty good time with this. It was fun. It's an enjoyable movie. Like it, in this lane, I think like the caveat is like you have to set your expectations at like a quality straight to video movie, like. It's right on that line of like budget and quality to where it's a straight to video movie that is believable that could be released in theaters. Yeah. You're you're definitely not wrong. I mean, it's the weird part is is he they really knew how to get the most mileage out of this these costumes, right? Like that's the impressive part of this is you get some impressive werewolves, but they knew they had the appropriate amount of confidence 
in their ability to scare you. So they would cut, they would show you this much, just a little bit. Yeah. Lots of quick cuts to like get around the goofiness of the, you know, wolf fangs and stuff. Cause supposedly they're, they're like animatronic, but I don't remember ever seeing any real believable movements in like the wolf heads. Like it, most of the time it looked like it was just a big wolf mask that was like, ah, 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 comes into frame. Um, it's not like whatever animatronics they were using. It was not speedy. It was not like chomp, chomp, you know, it was like, ah, <laughs> you know? So again, like with, with the budget level and like what it is, appreciated it for what it is, which is like a very well done, um, and well executed straight to video movie and see the thing is like when you're on that line um it gives you a lot more freedom to be goofy and to be fun you know because it's not if you're like a straight if you're spending 10 million dollars on a movie all of a sudden like you know you can't put in that matrix reference or else a a suit in the studio is going to be like yeah that seems out of place let's not do that um so anyways i uh, i think it's fun um definitely like in the pantheon of werewolf movies it's it's up there for me um yeah so this brings up another point um werewolf movies this is a strange lane you know because when you think werewolf movies, you have a few big ones, right? You got an American werewolf in London and arguably in Paris. You got the howling. Um, you, you got uh, this. And then like, eh? but the, I guess Teen Wolf. Um, <laughs> then then you have literally hundreds of low budget garbage movies that are just I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen Ginger Snaps, but I've heard that it's another good one. I, I heard this was a good one, and I'm. I thought that was a vampire one for some reason. Is Ginger Snaps a werewolf movie? I be- I believe so. Yeah. Um. But but do you have any werewolf movies that stand out? Have you seen many? Have you seen uh, American Werewolf in London or? Um, I must have seen American Werewolf in London. Um, I'm not sure I've seen all of it, but I I do recognize many many parts from it. Um, that one, like I was exposed to it as a kid and it just wasn't really fast. It wasn't that entertaining for me. Uh, Teen Wolf is great. And Teen Wolf 2 is also great. So Teen Wolf 1, do you, who's, who's Teen Wolf 1? Do you remember who played Teen Wolf 1? Was it, uh, was it, what's his face? Shaky, Shaky Man? Uh Uh-huh. Well, Shaky Man McBoots. Um, and... Then Teen Wolf Two was I don't know Brandon Fraser I don't know um wow I just forgot his name um the guy from Arrested Development Jason Bateman Jason Bateman yeah weird that was like his first yeah his very first movie almost 
I'll be darned. I will say that th- uh, we I don't think we've uh, reviewed very many werewolf movies, but by far my favorite werewolf movie that we've reviewed is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Do you remember that? Yeah, the only other <laughs> werewolf movie we've reviewed. Yes, I do man, remember it. That was such a ripping fun time. That was a great movie, man. Yeah, that's another one that's similar. It's like low budget, like kind of that goofy you know believable could be released in theater line yeah yeah um other ones growing up i i haven't seen but there was like a werewolf movie with with jack nicholson that i've always wanted to watch but haven't what? yeah and i think there was another one with like uh, benicio del toro yeah and then jack nicholson yeah um and then of course twilight i mean twilight's great yeah uh but yeah um so let's let's get into the movie so it opens with like a dual cold open i would call it which is they have this couple having sexy time and the girlfriend get just gifted her boyfriend a, a silver letter opener and then immediately gets like bifurcated by by a werewolf and and uh i don't know you'd think that if you saw your girlfriend get bifurcated by a werewolf and you were and you had a silver letter opener within arm's reach and that you specifically looked at that you would have done something about it before the werewolves tear you apart but not this guy don't blame the victim, Bryce. All right. He just saw his girlfriend get by. This goes to kind of one of the features of this type of movie, which is everyone is very conveniently dumb in the most convenient ways where mm. it's like everyone knows what a werewolf is and everyone acknowledges what you need to do to kill a werewolf. And then no one does anything to accomplish that. <laughs> They're like, well, let's see. We've pumped about 500 rounds of, of uh, you know, high caliber rifle rounds into this thing. And it does not, has not done a thing. What should we do? Let's, keep let's it up. Some more bullets. <laughs> keep it up. Just got to keep it up. Yeah. This is the most maddening thing for me about zombie movies uh-huh. is... <laughs> is this weird trope in zombie movies where you're not allowed to call them zombies and you almost have to like discover how to like, it's like, it's complex to you. Like you're like, I think if we go for the head, I might, that might kill him. And, and it's like, just say, just be like, Oh, we're in a zombie apocalypse scenario. Everyone knows what to do because we're people who have been contemplating this for 70 years right yeah and some of them i mean now it's like that's such a trope that if you make a zombie movie now it's almost like foregone conclusion that you have to address that trope of like so they're obviously zombies right like that was uh like adam driver and um what was that movie ghouls uh yeah the dead don't die the dead don't die 
the the oh, movie so. that everyone hated except for you and me. <laughs> I know, and we loved it. Loved we're, it. We were roaring Ooh. in the theater for that movie. Oh man, that was so much fun. I I want to watch it. I think I've watched it again a couple yeah. times. Ghouls. Yeah, it's pretty rare that we find a movie that we're like, I do want to watch that again. Like, mm-hmm. I think most recent is Barbarian. I got to watch Barbarian again. I watched it again. It was, it was so much fun. Oh, <laughs> it's so, but Barbarian is one of these movies that will, that will, I will watch constantly for no other reason than to introduce someone else to it and watch them watch it because it's, it's, oh, it's so, it's such a great reaction movie to have somebody next to you just getting drugged down this hallway. Just be like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, what's down there? And you're like, it's going to get worse than that. And they're like, no. It's so good. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a coworker that I've been, I'm on an account with and, and she's like, I, I've had a couple coworkers that are like pretty into horror movies or enough into horror movies that they know like what I'm talking about or they talk or they ask me like what I've been watching recently. But this one is like, actually really game and she's one of those people that is watching horror movies like every other night probably and i i told her about barbarian she's like well i gotta see that she she just saw it and she loved it the other night she was going to wait to watch it with a friend and then she just couldn't wait so she watched and she said she loved it now she has to decide whether she's gonna tell the friend that she already saw it or not just a dilemma dilemma it's it that's the best part about that movie is you can watch it just over and over again and and it's always just like it's, if you have another person in the room who hasn't seen it it's just oh it's a treasure truck they're gonna be like what's happening and you're like it's great yeah and so the second cold open for dog soldiers is it cuts directly from sexy time to two hours earlier like in wales or something like it just feels like it's supposed to be connected but it's not at all and uh and it has some soldier training to be a special ops guy and davo seaworthy shows up um i don't know if you're familiar with game of thrones but uh that that actor that plays ryan or sergeant ryan or whatever rank he has liam cunningham um i knew him from uh game of thrones he played this like one of the one of the one of my favorite characters was played by him and he's he's just a salt of the earth guy that's um got his knighthood and his like recognition just by being like a uh a smuggler at the right time (laughs) <laughs> um dude this guy is in everything he's in rick and morty but also he's in another one of my very favorite shows solar opposites who and he plays the pupa which is it <laughs> really? doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense at all he's the voice of the pupa in solar opposites that is mind-boggling to me because huh. the pupa has such well a teeny, it looks like it's voice. only only one episode retrace your step eliza okay 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 so maybe he maybe the voice of the pupa got 
all serious and grown up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and he, he goes like full Shakespeare in this role. Cause like he, he asks the, the main kind of the protagonist of the movie is um, what's his name? Cooper played by Kevin McKidd. And Cooper is the, is the soldier that's like training to be special ops and, and from what you gather is like he's been on the run from this special ops team that's trying to find him and capture him. And since he took so long, he's like able to join if he completes one last task, which is shoot the dog that's been hunting you in the face. And he says in his Scottish brogue, nay, I don't know. Um, but he says no. And the Davosy worthy is very angry. And there's this moment or this interchange where, um, Ryan is the name in the, in the, uh, actual movie. He says, you failed yourself. And it's very dramatic and very, like, very like, uh, stage play Shakespeare, uh, theme, which is like, I love it. I love it that they're taking it so seriously, you know, and that the actors are giving it their all for, for the performance, you know? Yeah. I, I was watching this. So our, our social media guy is here at my house right now, um, uh, visiting us and, uh, Oh, Mark. And, uh, and he was watching this with me, with us. And he posed a question. He said, in these low budget movies, like what's like, what's the, it's a good question. What's the goal? Like, what, like, what are they like, what's the director going for? What's the actors go? Are they trying to become famous? Is this, is this like, are they thinking this is going to be their breakout? Like, are they just doing this for the love of the craft? And, and all I could say was, yes, all of those things, they all be- think about all the discussions that, that would take place in this sort of scenario. The director's like, it's going to be big. We're going to do it just right. You're going to, you're going, your face is going to be recognized by a lot of people. And in this case, he's not wrong. You know, every, un- unfortunately, I don't think this director did a whole lot else. Um, uh, he did the descent. One of no the best shit. horror movies of all time. He yeah. did the descent. Yeah. No, he he's he's good. He works a lot on TV, um, mostly mostly in TV. But he was the director of the descent, and Holy I believe moly. the descent two, maybe. No, that's crazy. Well, no, but uh, I mean, I, you, you look at his IMDb, and and a lot of it's like um, he did a couple episodes of Game of Thrones, a couple episodes of Constantine, episode of Hannibal. Wow, he did Hellboy twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. I my apologies. I must have been looking at the wrong part of his um, credits. I wasn't looking at the director's part of his his credits. Wow. Um, but anywho, so the answer to that question of like, what are they going for? It's like to make a good movie and to become famous and to make money, you know, just like any other movie. It's just uh, the likelihood of that in a low budget movie is diminishing. I, I think, you know, especially, yeah, I mean, especially like the genre of horror is 
I think super important to the careers of film actors. Like it's where there's reasonably budgeted movies Mm -hmm. so that there's more of them, you know, like you can make a, a horror movie on, you know, a reasonable budget that's still going to get wide release and still going to make a lot of money and like people will see it as opposed to a drama like how many dramas are you seeing in theaters right now and like how many dramas starring unknowns are in theaters like there it's nearly impossible it's like theaters right now or or just the movie industry in general it's like uh marvel movies and horror movies (laughs) like that's the only thing that makes money and um but not to say that that's the only place but then once you leave theatrical release or like the attention that theatrical release gets then you're just in a sea of streaming like uh, and you just disappear because who knows (laughs) like um if that movie on streaming is going to be one of the thousands and on Amazon that no one has ever heard of, or it's going to be like an actual featured hit. Um, so yeah, I think in the, this case, in like the time period, it's like, you've got a writer director that's passionate about a project. Um, he wants to tell this story and, and, you know, show his chops as a storyteller. And he puts in enough effort and budget and, and gets enough good actors to where it's, they pull it off in a compelling way. Cause like there's storytellers and directors that are like, I got, I can scrounge up like a couple $10,000 from family and friends. And they're just limited by how much of a movie you can make. Like it's really limited by production like how seriously people will take you unless you're very, very um, smart with the format, you know, you can do like a Blair witch or, or paranormal activity for almost nothing. And if it's new and compelling and it serves the storyline, like, yeah, you can, you can make a certifiable hit on your hands. But for the most part, if you're telling a, like a traditional narrative, you know, attempting at being theatrical release worthy, you've got to meet a certain threshold for budget. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, So they skip forward from the cold opens. Like poor Cooper doesn't make the special ops team because he doesn't shoot a dog in the face. And, uh, which is, which is nice. Like that, opening sets up two things number one ryan's an asshole and number two cooper is a nice guy yeah Uh, he's he's worthy like he's he's capable but he's not gonna do something that's just unreasonably evil you know right um so it skips forward a couple years and we see cooper again but he's in another uh troop um it's the scottish army i'm assuming um they're doing exercises in the highlands and they've got you know um blank they're shooting blanks they've got like a yellow thing over the 
the front part of their the barrel of the rifle and they're just um doing exercises to see if they can infiltrate the other units uh location that's also on the exercise and this is where it really like sets up the group and this is like a trope of war movies where you've got a kind of a ragtag group of um, different personalities that have been uh, thrust into a situation together. Um, And that's probably one of the strong suits of like war movies is that it's the believable way to have uh, a group of completely different personalities in one place. That's a good point. Yeah. Because like horror movies really depend on this trope of like, Hey, we got a, a group of friends and one's a nerd and one's a stoner. One's a jock and one's a cheerleader and one's Thelma from Scooby-Doo. It's like, yeah, you get it in terms of storytelling, how you can use all those characters, but in terms of believability, like why would they be friends (laughs) with each other? (laughs) Like they have absolutely nothing in common and they kind of like belittle each other based on their character types. Um, so it's it's a little difficult to like find a situation where you can believably have those different personalities, but army movies is one where it's like, well, yeah, that's just built in. It's interesting um, that you mentioned that because that issue is like a paramount part of uh, of this director's um, what's his name Neil Marshall's next movie, like you said, The Descent. Uh, mm-hmm. get a bunch of women together who are all different walks of, of life and personalities and they, they become like their own worst enemies. Right. And, and it's just, it's a very similar setup to, to this movie, dog soldiers. Right. Um, and so they go, you know, they're, they're starting out and they're like doing the army thing. Um, and there's a couple really great moments of character development. Um, mainly the sergeant um, named Sergeant Wells. Uh, <laughs> sergeant Wells tells the story, this war story um, of being in Iraq and having his unit come across a an anti-tank bomb. And he's talking about this one soldier that just recently got a tattoo and like had all, you know, had a, it adds a lot of color to this character and talks about this anti-tank bomb going off and just obliterating this guy. And this is like one of the best lines and like color stories that I've come across. Like it's, it really describes like the horror of war and sets up like just kind of the gruesome um, level of stuff that's going to come in the future, in in the short future of the movie. But um, one of the best lines for me is he says, the worst part is when you came across a bit you recognize because he's talking about like, no one should ever have to, you know, scoop up a friend you know, with a shovel and put him in a garbage sack. And then he says, so when you put your hand into a pile of goo, that was your friend's face. It's Chinatown. You know, it's really hard to take you seriously uh, with that dog soldier on your head. 
<laughs> talking about the horrors of war. <laughs> well, I mean, no, keep it on. Don't. I just like. I just like. That's just your problem, man. Um, the juxtaposition of you being like the horrors of war with mm-hmm. <laughs> a plastic wolf on your face. Well, I'm I'm a a Highlander dog soldier. You can tell because of my tartan and my dog hat. That's the traditional garb. Speaking of Highlanders, um, one of the problems I had with this movie is I think I'm a little racist. Oh, all Scottish people look the same to me. I couldn't tell who (laughs) I could not tell one character from another. I was like, is that the same guy? And then they call him Sergeant and be like, okay, so that's Sarge. And then they'd be like Ryan or Cooper. And I'd be like, I. They'd all look that they'd look the fucking exact same to me. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I, I don't know who, who, how many people are in this building. Like I had, I was like, is there two? There could just be two. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. I know I got to the end of the movie with Cooper and I was like, is the blood, who's the blonde guy? I like, don't know, Bryce. Like I, I didn't notice until the end of the movie that, cooper was blonde and i was like oh so that's the guy from the beginning i guess but two okay so for part of the reason that that that's what you are saying it's not just scottish people it's like they're soldiers and all of their heads are shaven <laughs> they've all got like the soldier cut and to make matters worse in the beginning they're all wearing um um what's it called well fatigues but also the hat what's the what's the hat called a took i can't can't remember what you call it god I, I i had a trouble remembering this word now it's like the knitted the knitted cap what do you call a knitted oh like a uh a beanie yeah like a beanie they're all wearing like army beanies and so all their heads look exactly the same like you really have to tune into the faces <laughs> and like they're also pretty similar um, I didn't have too much of a tro- trouble with that, but I, I could understand that that could be a thing. So anyways, they, they, you know, set up these characters, like there's kind of like the guy obsessed with football. There's the guy that's the, you know, like the sergeant is the archetypal leader. There's Cooper that's very capable, um, and like useful to the troop. And then there's other disposable people. And, then they're doing their exercise and all of a sudden a dead flying cow drops on on them. <laughs> they're like, eh, it was, well, just like a cow drops from the sky basically, but really off of a cliff or something. And it's like mutilated. Like it's gotten bites out of it. And <laughs> I love that. They're like, should we go? And they're like, nah, we already got camp set up. Let's just, you know, protect our position. Well, First of all, like, okay, yeah, they they see the cow, and then I think one of them, like, shoots in the air or something, or, or like, gets shook and, and shoots something, and they're like, should we go? And they're like, nah, let's just stay here. To which I thought, if they're doing an exercise where they're trying to not be found out so they can infiltrate an army base, like, didn't they just give away their position by shooting into the air? Like, wouldn't the other the other group of of uh 
people training just show up and kill them all? I don't know. What are you gonna? I do? mean, I, I mean, I think these, I think these war games are done over pretty large spans of area. You, you can hear a gunshot for maybe a mile or two, but if there's a, some canyons or something like that, I mean, there's plausible deniability with it built in. Sure. That, I think. Um, and then the next day they stumble across um, not the other um, training position, but they stumble across like a special ops like troop that's gotten ravaged and the yeah. only the lone survivor is this um this this guy Ryan which was the the guy that was yelling at Cooper in the cold open this is where it breaks down for me i just it just becomes confusing i'm just like okay like what's happening right and so ryan is like scratched real bad on his chest and he's about to die and they save him and just then like they start hearing howling and then they get um attacked by monsters and so they're retreating and they're running running through the woods and then it has a scene where a guy just completely oopsie doopsies onto a tree and be uh, a tree impalement. This is like one of those things that like, yeah. Why is this so common and why can't they make it even just slightly more believable? Because the branch, the branch is always like that thick and it's not even pointed. It's like jagged. Yeah to where if you'd run into it it would hurt real bad and you get cut but you wouldn't impale yourself yeah you get knocked down and the wind be thrown out of you but uh you'd have to be moving at least 30 30 miles an hour to have that thing go through your chest um, right because he went he, he went from a standstill he was like standing looking he was like oh, what's that and then he turned around and like started moving and was in, and impaled himself three feet deep on like a four inch stop. And right. it's like, <laughs> wow, he must have, he must have moved, moved at light speed in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's, it's one of those things. It's just, you know. Yeah. So that happens. And then Sergeant Wells shows up and tries to save him and then immediately gets eviscerated. Like his guts get cut open and all of his intestines are falling out. Um, <laughs> And the other soldier's like, it's going to be okay, Sarge. It's all right. Just hold on to your intestines and let's go. And this is <laughs> a pretty, this is a pretty great feature through most of like the first two acts is Sergeant Wells, like holding in his intestines, like the, um, the, why can't I hold all these limes guy? Yeah. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't hold all this. This this is the craziest this is the craziest part of the movie because they they gut a guy and then proceed to have him in the whole rest of the movie like fighting. Oh, you're, we're going to video here. I'm Let's gonna see. try to find yeah this guy. So <laughs> he's basically doing this with his intestines like. <laughs> Why can't I hold all these intestines? And yeah. uh, 
um, which is great. And, you know, he's falling down, he's falling down in the dirt on his intestines and stuff. And, and they eventually like later, like, well, they, they figure it out. He's fine. Just brush it off. You know, push it back in there. I got some, I got some pine needles on my guts. Let me just wipe that off. Hey, that actually, you know, if, okay. If anybody has experience with this, if you, if a part of your body comes out like this, and then, you know, you're like, push it back in, but it's got some like dirt on it and you like go to flick the dirt off. Does that hurt? Can you feel that in your guts when you flick it off? Ugh, I'm getting, oh, it's making me upset to talk about, but I want to know, still want to know the answer to the question. Um, Ugh, That's so gross. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a weird, well, I mean, you have you do feel when stuff is happening in your, in your stomach and intestines, oh, right? Okay. Like you can feel All right. <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure you would so feel gross. Like, this I, is I think the, I the place where this. like, you can't feel like surprisingly your brain doesn't really have any nerve ending. So if you like do stuff, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to, I can't. <laughs> don't. It's, I think the takeaway is it it would hurt, David. Oh. <laughs> it would hurt a lot. Oh. Um, and so they're running away, and then all of a sudden, this lady in a jeep appears, named um, what's her name? Char Charo. Her, yeah, her name Megan, is Megan. Not even close. Christ, not even close. It was named Megan, and she picks him up, and they drive away to. And this is like the part where they're like sitting in the Jeep and all of a sudden, like you get some real good and probably not very impressive views of the, of the werewolves. Cause it's like, it's definitely like, like you, they look out the window and they see, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, it's so funny at the end of the movie, when they show the still pictures that were taken, the werewolves look very impressive. It's like they look great in photos. Like when you see them moving, not so much. Like it's not believable at all. Um, and then she takes him to a house and like the rest of the movie happens in this secluded house. Oh, thank God you're saying it that way because that's the only way to say it. She yeah. takes him to a house and then the rest of the movie happens and then it's done. Right. Well, and here's the thing. It says <laughs> this is like the less believable thing. And it struck me as like, well, that doesn't sound like that would be super possible. And then in the in the trivia or in the notes on IMDb, it, it points out that. Yeah, that's not really possible to be 50 miles away from everything in the Scottish Highlands. Scotland is not a huge country. Like the Scottish Highland Highlands is not a giant secluded area. It's you know, it's got towns in it. Can you imagine being fifty miles away from absolutely everything? That means like you would have to go into town if your car got down to a quarter tank. Like you would just need to make a trip. So th there are lots of people. Uh who live life like this. I mean, I mean, even in, even in America, like in up in Alaska, there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of 
it's a it's 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 pretty interesting there there's there's a lot of people who really 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 live in remote places yeah well let's not let's not let's not say a lot i i can accept that it's possible and that there are people that do it but it is not huge portions of the earth you know like there's massive portions of africa there's huge uh huge amounts of land in in russia that you know are just far away from everything you know it's like there's a lot of people who do yeah yeah true um big huge portions of canada you know i mean it's like this is not i mean there's not a lot of people in these places but um, but that's like when you're talking about like hinterlands and like deserts and stuff where it's like literally uninhabitable for civilization uh but some guy will go out and live there or like on an island or something but in a in a mass of land that's connected to you know one of the most populated countries in the world like yeah a little less believable you know yeah sure i mean yeah i don't know i there's a romanticism to it that i get why they did it sure I'm trying to find the this guy. Anyways, so they're they're uh, at a uh, geological oddity, fifty miles away from everything, and they go to this house. There's a little doggy there that I I think is criminally underused. They should have they should have used more with that dog, um, but apparently that dog was a uh, one of the worst. <laughs> uh, dog actors to work with like it wouldn't do anything that they wanted it to do so maybe that's and but like the, his starring moment is when he grabs the um the bandage on sergeant wells that's covering his intestines and it just looks like he's got one of his intestines and is pulling it out like it's it makes no difference whether it was a bandage or an intestine like the the reaction is the same right so maybe i should wear it to the side is this more broguish oh, that's strange. yeah i like that it's um that's, nice. that's fashionable that's how they would do it in paris yeah <laughs> um so they they um they do an operation on sergeant wells miles mills Sar- oh. the sarge and uh that's a pretty great scene because they get really drunk and uh like they super glue his gut back together apparently, and uh, not sure how successful that would be with a, you know, a wound so big that your intestines are falling out. But they made it work, and apparently in that scene the guys actually got actually drunk. Uh oh, oh no, and it's gone. Um. Suffice it to say, the rest of the movie happens, and then. Whoa, and then it's done. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. There's some points I want to talk about. Okay. Hey, this is my episode. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> um, I love the other thing, like when we're talking about the, they know what it is, but they stubbornly refuse to do what you need to do to confront werewolves. And right. one of the best lines in the whole movie is, you can't seriously believe in werewolves, said by a guy who has just seen multiple werewolves. Like, definitively, the, with his eyes and 
fought them off. Like he still has the werewolf hair that he pulled off of the arm right. in his hand. This and is like, like Act Three. You guys, <laughs> and they've don't they've already talked about werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a guy having God and Jesus Christ and a and a choir of angels show up to him and like say, "Yes, my son, I exist and I love you." And then disappear and like talk to his mom. I was like, you don't believe in that superstitious shit, do you? That's a load of crock of baloney. Um, and then like they continue doing the same thing that they've always done, which is shoot the werewolves, which does absolutely nothing to them. Uh, apparently, they can cut off arms with like a, a long sword, uh, but they don't do that again ever uh, no. after that happens. And then, um for some reason the werewolves are super camera shy so they keep like flashing the flash in, in their eyes which i'm not sure is ever explained but they have heightened senses you know they got uh, super smell they got super vision you know they have night vision they they explain they have night vision so when they flash the camera in its eyes it's like oh it's too much my night vision is thrown off by this yeah and then um what's the other one um and then there's a couple twists at the end which make it i mean make it a little more interesting for me to where it's not just like oh they fight them it's not like the zombie ending necessarily or maybe it is the zombie ending but basically ryan um the guy that was the you know the guy that shot the dog from the beginning he's somehow miraculously healed and then he turns into a werewolf and then, so it's a kind of a foregone conclusion that um, the sergeant is going to get healed and turned to a werewolf too. And then it's also revealed that Megan is a werewolf and she was always one of them. And Why so, are all these people werewolves? I, I didn't understand any of that. Well, Ryan and, and Sergeant uh, Mill Wells, Sergeant Wells, well, they were attacked by the werewolf. And if you get attacked by a werewolf and you survive, you turn into a werewolf. That's just werewolf lore david and uh and so there's a lot of werewolves that sh a lot of more werewolves that show up show up at the end and there's lots of explosions and uh only until like the after credit scene does cooper finally find the silver letter opener and stab uh the ryan werewolf and kill him which is like jesus christ finally <laughs> it's like it shows that stupid silver letter opener in the first like 10 seconds of the movie. And you don't see it actually used on a werewolf until the last 10 seconds, which is impressive. Um, so it's fun. Like, I, I think, I think it's like appropriately goofy. Um, there's a lot of movie references. If you catch them, like one of the characters name is spoon and he gets <laughs> attacked by, like three werewolves in it. He's Spoon is kind of like the favorite character. He's the comic relief. And then he gets torn apart. And, and uh, I think it was Sergeant Wells is like, where's Spoon? And the other guy said, there is no Spoon, which is a reference to the Matrix, which came out just a couple of years before. Yeah. Um, Dude, 99, I think, was one of the biggest years for movies ever. Doesn't it kind of feel that way? Yeah, Wasn't 99 Matrix was 99? huge. Yeah, yeah. I think 99 was The Matrix, Fight Club. Um, 
I think Requiem for a Dream, maybe? There was like one movie from every one of my favorite directors out at the same time, I think. Yeah, I feel like I think Memento Fincher. came out. Then. Yeah. Um, yeah, Austin Power Austin Powers The Spy Who Shagged Me, which is the best best one. Um you got The Mummy came out in ninety nine. You got Star Wars Episode One, Phantom Menace. Um, obviously. You got Sixth Sense, which is the the biggest one besides Star Wars. Um Toy Story Two. Yeah, damn. Just a fucking amazing amount of huge, huge movies. Yeah, The Matrix. Um man, it was a good year. American Pie, Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of great movies is what you're saying. Yeah. Stuart Little. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the dog soldiers. It is. Um, I mean, I liked it. I, it was fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, okay. Well, if you're going to say this, this I will say this is a boring movie. This is super boring and it uh, did not hold my attention. There was nothing of really, um, too much, too much worth watching in here. I found it boring. I was bored. Well, that's just like, like your opinion, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to horror movie horrors. Did I have that? I never have it set up. We have a lot of calls and I don't know, maybe next week we should do a bonus episode. What do you think about that? That'd be, that gives us, gives us more hours per month out there and i think it lets people get their get their jollies off it was well listened to the last time we did it yeah well let's go through them let's see how many we get through let's start with the oldest if you guys want to get a hold of us call us at 682-253-4468 and let us know what you think no one will answer the phone just a voicemail will greet you so you don't have to worry about like being scared of talking on the phone Hi, it's it's uh, me from Beyond the Grave. Um, I will li- was listening to this horrors only, which I feel like I I'll, I'll take the blame for this. I missed out on this because I sometimes I I try to be a little bit more conservative with uh, how gross I want to be, but um, I I think Glittercore understands. But talking about this uh, zucchini in your mom's gooch for five days, that culture that's ma's gravy you know um i have thoughts on um or uh what's it called the new hellraiser but i can't get into it right now uh anyway gabagool i love from beyond the grave he's i I think I'm not hearing a lot from Robert the Farter lately. I think Beyond the Grave may be replacing him as my favorite. Hey, guys, it's me, Manny, again. I just wanted to call you guys again after just listening to that Horse Only episode, and I'm just really happy to hear that you guys still remember me and everything after not being in contact with you for a while. But, you know, I'm just relieved just to hear that. But, yes, I was supposed to send you guys gifts, but I just never got the chance to do that, and I would really like to try to do that again. If, like, I can do that for you guys, that'd be great. I know, David, you like predator and i have some you know a few predator figures i'm willing to give away for you because i know you just love predator and i'm like you know what it's like 
the better person to have that would be you. And then for you, Bryce, if you can just tell me what you would like, I would definitely try to see what I can get my hands on and just send it to you guys because, you know, I love you guys and I just want to show my love and gratitude. So I want to send you guys some gifts. But, yes, I do love watching those fucked up. I just love to see David and watch those fucked up videos because it's just hilarious. And if those could be recorded, that just would be a game changer because it's just funny, you know, just seeing your reaction. I just want to see, like, how, like, your emotions when you just watch what Bryce makes you watch. Like, that's just, you know, funny as hell. But anyways, I just wanted to give a quick call, guys. I love you guys. You know, take your horse. Bye. A lot packed in there. Dude, man, he can fucking talk, dude. He right. should be he should be that guy at the end of the Cialis commercial who explains all the uh, <laughs> all the all the side effects. He's like Don't take this if you're a person who is live. Like, <laughs> uh, um Yeah, so a couple th- so he wants to send you some predator, you know, uh action figures because it's it's better if you have them than him. Um and uh asking me what he want what I'd want him to send me. Um, wow. keeping in mind that this is potentially a high school kid and you know, mm. keep it, uh, so not pubic hair. Um, Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you don't need <sighs> to send me anything, uh, Manny. I, I've got everything I need and, and, uh, and then some, so, and then the other thing he said is, you know, he'd really like to see the <laughs> like that bit, um, that bit, the bit where... where I show you terrible things and get your reaction. We've never done it on YouTube. Um, maybe we can do like a quick impromptu one real quick. Let me see. No, no. Oh, God. Let's let's find some. I I not none of these are terrible. Listen, boys, you're a looking sight there today, boys. Yeah, we were getting ready to come down to you today. We were getting ready to come down to you today in the next twenty minutes. You're going on out of sight, boys. I'm gonna cut every one of you up when I get we're to you. Aiden you're Derry. dead. Aiden Derry. Aiden Derry's blue blue blazing tonight. Derry, I'm gonna cut every one of you, man, woman, or child. I'm gonna cut you up when I get to you. Paddy boy, we're going to Aiden Derry. If you ever come around my grandfather's place I again swear with weapons and go on over it, I'm gonna cut you. Children. And that I'm a very heavy grandchild I have. I'm gonna do it to a lot of you. I'm gonna kill you. Come back to the site. You fucking chanty. What you have to the ground. You come over to my house. I'm in the one house. I'm I'm in the one house for the last 16 years. I'm 16 years a minute. Look around here, chap. Look around here. Look around here. I'm 16 years in the one house. You go up to my mother and father's place. My mother, you knew you wouldn't you get out of it. You will not lie in that you house tonight. You wouldn't get out of it. Get shot, Billy Mines dirt. You wouldn't get out of it. You will not lie in Eden Dairy, Paddy Boy. You will not lie in it, chap. Listen, boys, you're in Lucas. David, what are you? What did you do to those Irish fellas? I feel like I just watched Dog Soldiers again. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. I just like. Can you imagine having them as neighbors? Like, oh, uh-huh. fuck, I can. I feel like I just moved away from that. Like, a bunch of fucking chavs. Fucking ridiculous, horrible people. Oh, okay, Ugh. I got two more. I got two more that I've been wanting to show you. And we'll, we'll just make this improv. These are not terrible. Like, I'm not going to do the full-on thing. Um, but I just want to get your reaction to this. Okay. Oh, this. That's a big water tower. 
It's a big water tower in South America. Oh no, it is falling down the hill. That car is just a piece of paper. This thing rolled over a car. This this water tower fell down, rolled down a hill, and rolled over a bunch of shit. And it just turned everything it hit into just like paper. Like it's literally paper like if, Looney Tunes. It's Looney Tunes logic. Yeah, it's, it's like bonkers. Um, and then the last one that I wanted to show you. You'll love this one. You'll love this one. Got a dog there. Protesters. All right. So far, what do what do you think is going to be the stance of these protesters? I can't really tell what's going on so much, but maybe you could set me well, up. Well, just from reading the signs, we got make love, not meet and protect love. Um, something violence. Get rid okay, of so they're like PETA people or like sure. vegetarians or something. Yeah. And then we got an interview with this guy. Okay. Uh, once I had um, a sexual relationship with an animal, it was uh, a dog, a male dog, who was, uh, well, uh, who used me, let's say. And uh, in, the, in the moment, I'm living together with uh, a German Shepherd bitch. For me, it is far easier to build a an emotional relationship to an animal than to a human and uh, so for me it's even easier to have some sexual contact with uh, an animal than with a human. Unzip my pants. No, uh, these so these people abuse dogs sexually. I'm not sure these... if it's the whole if that's the whole cadre or if it's just that guy. But I love the fact that he's <laughs> he's talking very casually about. Oh yeah, I make love to a dog. I've got a bitch at home that we. Yeah, it's a lot easier, you know, having a sexual relationship with an animal versus a human. And it's a lot it easier cuts... to rape an animal than it is a human. Yeah, and then it cuts the video to the most haunted looking dog face I've ever seen in my life. I'm trying to, where is it? Oh no. Uh, that's truly a dog soldier right there. That is. Yeah. It's very apropos for, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> look at the most haunted dog face. This isn't funny seen. at all. <laughs> that dog's like, like huh. I, he makes me fuck him in the butt every, <laughs> every night. I can't stand it. I, uh, this, is my, this is my life. Okay. okay little, well, little impromptu. Let's do. Uh, thanks, Manny. Well, yeah. Oh, thanks, Manny. Let's do a couple more and then we'll call it good. We've got a couple God. from CJ. We'll do one from CJ and then one more. Let's see. No, Just CJ when I think we're going like to have an uncontroversial times. episode, then this, this comes out. You do this to us. Um. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do CJ here. 
Hey, this is CJ, Beast from the Northeast. I just would like to make a correction on the um, Barbarian episode. Mm. Uh, you said at the end of the episode or at the end of the movie, um, spoilers, by the way, for everybody. You said at the end of the movie, Tess shoots spoilers. Justin Long's character uh, to kill him, but that's incorrect. It's actually the mother who rips Justin Long's character's head in half. It's a great part of the movie. Um, you see it from from behind, uh, from behind Justin Long. So you don't get to see his, his actual head rip in half, just kind of the um, silhouette of it, I guess, or, or the behind uh, angle. Um, so, yeah, just like to correct you guys on that. I'm surprised you guys forgot that scene. It's a pretty fantastic scene. It's I mean, you can agree that he was a terrible person and a huge asshole, so very satisfying. But uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the good work. I'll continue to be a patron, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for the correction. Um, it's, you know, it's a rare miss from us in, in terms of uh, accuracy for the movie. We're, <laughs> we're one of the most well-researched podcasts out there. When it comes to horror movies and our reviews, show it. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the correction. We apologize from the depths of our heart for we, me, we especially more, for incorrectly saying that. Let's do two more calls um, from CJ. Yeah, let's skip over those. We'll save those for for the dedicated episode. Let's skip forward mm. to Beyond the Grave. Hi, this is Beyond the Grave. I'm calling back about Hellraiser. 2022. Oh, it was good. It was interesting. I I I don't know if Riley was addicted enough. I think I need to see some like people from Squid Game uh uh given that that little puzzle box. Like I need a gambling addiction person who has nothing to lose who's like, "Yeah, I am fucking drooling at the mouth trying to get this thing solved so I can fucking call these people. Because she didn't she didn't really give a shit about her. Like, her brother died. She was, at least in the original, what's-her-face, uh, Kirstie was like, I gotta get my dad back for two movies. <laughs> and this girl, she was like, oh, everyone's in a hell dimension. Oh, well. Uh, what else did I like about it? Uh, that music, I'm glad they kept that original score. And then those bells, that girl, I hear bells. Um, it's a little, it kind of reminded me, uh, I think Stranger Things kind of did it, where they're like, Dong, and then that Vecna guy came, which I wonder, he probably knows those Hellraiser people, the demons. Uh, yeah, like you guys said, there's not enough, not enough sex, not enough illicit sex in there. Uh, like she's fucking, she's fucking that guy who's like, He's like a dirtbag, and they're having, like, loving kind of, like, sex, and he's like, ooh, I love you, baby. Like, have some fucking, like, she's, she's not, for someone who's an addict, she's really not letting go, letting loose her inhibitions. Like, she seems real even-tempered, and she's just like, oh, yeah, we're having real vanilla sex. <laughs> like, you know what's hot? Having, like some hot regular sex with someone whose personality 
you can't fucking stand. <laughs> if like sounds great to me. Um what's my last thought? Last thought where's the big fat Cenobite? What no fatties in this movie. Where'd all the fat people go? This movie everyone had to be so hot but not know how to fuck. And I feel like even in that sex dungeon, I guess I didn't look that closely, but I don't know. I need to see more gross people. I need to see some uggos in there. Like, everyone's welcome at this sex dungeon. Put a mask on. Fucking peel your face back if you're that ugly, you know? Some of the centipites do it. That ugly-ass mask guy. That one. Yeah, it's a lot of good. That's a, a lot of good points. I'll I'll just say for whoever is doing um, Hellraiser two twenty twenty three or or whatever the next sequel is going to be, Bryce Hansen is available for for uh, Ugo uh, number three in in the Sex Dungeon. Um, Look, it made me realize though. You know, okay, so I, I, I I've said this before. I don't. You got some extra pounds on you. Does not bother me. Uh, and I don't get to see any gals on, in, in film that that are you know that fit my taste, and it's come and it's weird because I have never even thought about it. It's just this like foregone conclusion. You get to see fat guys. Um, where are the uh, where are the bigger girls? Well, they're relegated to comedy. Un- unfortunately, there's some there's some good actresses that that are like enter with comedy and like get enough recognition to where they can actually show off their chops, which isn't, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. There's not a lot of, you know, it, it, it ends up that Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood in general is a pretty, uh, vain <laughs> place. I'm surprised you didn't know this, David. No, uh, it's just weird because you see plenty of fat dudes or overweight dudes, um, on, you know, in, um, in movies and such, but you just, I feel like the every man is represented pretty well in, uh, at least much more than the every woman. Yeah. I think there's probably, Hmm. That's a good question. Cause there's probably more of a, a willingness to use schlubby guys, especially as character actors, like character actors that look weird are always in demand on the male side, but it seems like character actors on the female side, um, they're less willing to cast like a, a normal looking person. I mean, there's plenty of, um, you know, women that are character actors that are, you know, not the perfect shape or whatever, but they're like, it's like a handful compared to the cavalcade of, of men that you see very often. Yeah. It seems, I don't know guys, Hollywood might be a little sexist. Well, and, and just everything, you know, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it is weird though, because I feel like you would get, you get some diversity, especially now. I watch a movie though. And, and like, I admit to having this bias and being affected by it. Like if I see like kind of a weird looking guy in a, in a main role, I'm like, why couldn't it be Tom Cruise? 
Like, what could? Why couldn't it be just a perfect looking person? Because it's just, it's it's nicer to look at beautiful people. Like, I'll like I don't think that's uh too controversial of a of a stance to take. That like, yeah, if you're gonna sit down and look at a screen for two hours, like it's just better, and you will like the characters more if they're just very very beautiful in my opinion like i mean yeah on i mean you know this is a lot to delve into yeah sure on the surface detail yeah but i mean you know i just got done saying that i wouldn't mind looking at at a at a, at a heavier gal you know I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with me now granted that's i'm not that's probably not everybody's opinion but i don't know i i have a feeling that beyond the grave would you know I, I, he's expressed desire to see a ghost and uh and i don't think th- a heavier girl by hollywood standards would be like 120 pounds <laughs> like you'd be like whoa whoa sweetie, let yourself hey, go much you tried not eating everything that you can see <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's not fair it's not not a yeah, and then I think also the other thing is that I think there's probably a lot of self-selection happening in Hollywood to where like, yeah, if you if you really want to be an actor and that's like your passion, and then you just look and see like, well, I'm kind of ugly by re- like normal standards, so maybe I should get that accounting degree, you know, <laughs> just because you look at it and you're like, well, that's obviously not going to happen, and people around you would tell you that's obviously not going to happen sweetie so let's you know have a fallback plan yeah a bigger um, guy is going to have more self-confidence and be like why not why not me i should be on this tv too um whereas maybe a uh, a heavier gal might be like i don't feel like you know they just wouldn't feel up to it they beat themselves down harder don't have that maybe they don't have that self-confidence which is unfortunate all right, we'll leave it there. Thank you for calling in. We'll do another uh, voicemail dedicated episode soon uh, to get through. Jesus, we got like 26 or something. Um, so thanks for calling in. That number again is, uh, you know, 682-253-4468. Uh, please go visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. Browse around our shop. Browse around old episodes subscribe and leave us a rating on apple podcasts if you want to help us out sorry for burping in your ear and don't mention that in the review um also there's lots of different ways you can support us uh links from our website follow us on social media especially youtube as we roll out our video and expect that to be a bigger part of the show especially when i'm wearing werewolf heads and and uh my tartan uh, did you know, David, that this is actually the day tartan? No, I don't know. I can't see what that is. It looks like splotches to me. Oh, well, it's not. I just made it up. Okay. okay. Thanks, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Is that a ring? Yes, it is! <laughs> 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 I just had to stroll through the scraggly woods. <laughs> <laughs>